And welcome back to your favorite podcast. This is The Five Spot. I'm your host, Donovan McNabb, joined with Armando Segarra. We are here together. There is no more streaming where you see my beautiful background and then the background of Armando's, which it's just says outkick. So we're going to jazz it up right now. And yes, we are joined with the beautiful one herself. Yes, we brought some beauty to the show. I had to do it. Not you, Armando. No, I know not me. <laughs> I was aware. <laughs> just when you thought you were sexy, Armando, we just brought someone in here I, that just made us both look bad. I have a purpose, and I know what my purpose is, and my purpose is to supply food, because that's what I'm looking forward to doing. Food. So, ladies and gentlemen, that would be a sponsor for our show. It would be food, food and Hopefully snacks. Hopefully unhealthy food. <laughs> it is an unhealthy week. But more importantly, speaking of unhealthy, let's dive right into it. Yeah. Let's start talking about the big man in the red coat. Uh, Your guy. Andy Reid, now, the success that he's had in his resume at this particular point, being in Philadelphia, uh, taking his team to a Super Bowl, five NFC championships, has had a winning percentage that is just just under uh, Marv Levy and Bill Belichick with their starting quarterback, that being myself. Uh, and then <laughs> moving on from the Philadelphia Eagles and going to another organization and sustaining that winning attitude, uh, that winning approach, and to have a quarterback that has led him now to multiple Super Bowls and have won multiple Super Bowls. And this could be his third which we're talking possible dynasty in Kansas City. First of all, would you even expect it, Kansas City and dynasty to be in the same conversation? Not in, uh, not pre-2010 or whatever <laughs> it was. Not before that. But ever since then, ever since, let me see, 2017 maybe? Correct, correct. Yeah, when the guy that was playing quarterback threw 50 touchdown passes his first year as a starter, you start to think, yeah, maybe this could be a thing. <laughs> you know what? When I look at Patrick Mahomes, the thing that stands out to me is the fact that he's having fun. Uh, and his personality, his approach, uh, his character, it all stems from the head coach. Being under Andy, he allowed us to be ourselves. Uh, he knew the work that we put in in the offseason, during the season, the times we spent with him, watching film, going over the game plan, uh, eliminating plays that we didn't like, adding the plays that we did. To have that relationship from quarterback and head coach, you see that in Patrick Mahomes. Is this something that we could talk about at least for the next five to six years? If Andy decides to go this five or six years with those two together, sustaining this whole winning kind of mentality in Kansas City. Right. So a dynasty, you have to have certain things to have a dynasty. You look at the Patriots dynasty, Bill Belichick, arguably one of the greatest football defensive minds mm -hmm. ever to, to coach the game. And then Tom Brady, arguably the best quarterback ever to play the game. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I, I've said it. He was. I said it. Okay. He was. All right. Um, they were together 20 years. Exactly. Or exactly. not even, yeah, 20 years. Yeah. So Andy and Patrick Mahomes have been together like seven years. Yeah. Um, and they've done some great work in seven years. They have a chance to win their third Super Bowl. But to be that dynasty, to challenge that other dynasty, you got to be together a good five, six, seven more years. And this week we're getting some grumblings that, that's going to happen at least one more year. Let's put it that way. Well, let, let's talk about that. Now, 
knowing Andy and having talked to him about his future in coaching, uh, but knowing Andy, he's going to ride this train. And this train being having number 15 at quarterback, possibly number 87 at tight end, at least for another two years, three years. Um, the way that he has kind of constructed this organization of how he wants it, the players he wants. He and Brett Veach have come together, and Brett, Brett was with us in Philly as well. Uh, but now they've come together, and they've brought in the type of players that they want to be represented the right way in that organization uh, with their quarterback. Let me mention that again, with their quarterback. So he always felt like if I have my starting quarterback, I've got a great chance of winning. So now with that said, what does this mean for the rest of the division to know that the big red guy, the guy with the nice curly hair uh, that wears the, the Oakleys or whatever sunglasses, and the one that's dating Travis uh, Taylor Swift. Did you say tr I, trailer Swift? I was Swift? about to say trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say hey, trailer. I did it too. I did it too. Oh, gosh. Trailer Swift. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's Armando's fault, ladies and gentlemen. I did not do that. He made me do that. Uh, I did. I did. She I, just I, performed the other night. But I, I have mad respect for you doing it. I, I love it. I love it. Um, look, so this week... Clark Hunt has said, we are going to talk. We being Andy and, and Clark Hunt are going to talk after the season like we always do. But his quote, I'm not expecting him to retire. And so that sends a message to who? To Jim Harbaugh? Mm -hmm. That sends a message to, uh, you know, everybody who is. Sean Payton. To Sean. You are on. Yeah. Sean Payton. You have been told, right? <laughs> uh, it doesn't get easier for you, my friends. <laughs> yeah. Antonio uh, Pierce. The big red machine continues. He goes on, and um, the message is come and get some because the, the Super Bowl goes through where now? Kansas City. Absolutely. Kansas City. And, and, Absolutely. And – Speaking on terms of that with, with the big red guy, I mean, he has a lot of young talent where the cap hit, it becomes now they're going to have to renegotiate Patrick, you know, because that $500 million contract or whatever that he signed for 8 million years, they're going to have to reconstruct that, which, you know, they should, especially with guys like Daniel Jones and all these other quarterbacks that are getting paid. He's going to have to reconstruct that and make it more cap friendly, but still he's going to collect his money. Uh, they got to figure out what they're going to do with Travis. Is Travis a guy that, you know, you sign maybe for two years to give him a couple more years? They got to sign their defensive tackle. That's probably their main thing that they're looking at this offseason. Uh, and so they have a few other pieces, but they're not in cap, like, cap hell, so to speak. They're, they're not struggling in a way where they're going to have to start cutting people. And so the message that's sent to Deshaun Payton, the, the Jim Harbaugh's, uh, the Antonio Pierce is just expect to see us twice a year. Yeah. And, and that guy, number 15, he's still going to be here. So let me ask you this. Bill Belichick is out of the league, right? Yes. So there is no talk of who is the best head coach in the NFL, Bill Currently. Belichick. Currently. Right? right. Currently. So goodbye. Yeah. Um, and so – does Andy Reid become that guy? 
and for you and who else is in that company now? In the Bill Belichick company? No. In, in the best in, coach of the NFL currently right 2024. now. 2024. Uh, Andy Reid is the number one coach. And he wins this Super Bowl. Andy Reid is the leading vote-getter for the best coach in the NFL. Now, in his class, that, that's tough to say because there are a lot of guys who haven't done it consistently. And so that's the main thing. I think when you talk about where players are ranked, where coaches are ranked, where organizations and teams are ranked, it's not what you've done this year. It's what you've done in the last four or five years to put you in that situation. So can we put kind of under those little trees that, that stem, can you put Kyle Shanahan there? Now, yeah. Kyle Shanahan has had winning seasons, but we're talking winning seasons and this Super Bowl appearance. Now, we, we talked about it. He's, this is his second Super Bowl appearance as a head coach. Yep. So Kyle Shanahan could possibly be in that tree, that, that l- hanging fruit at that particular point. Uh, Harbaugh. I can't, I can't. Yes, I can put John Harbaugh there. But the only thing with John is he hasn't been to the Super Bowl yet. And so. Yeah, he has. He won it. Well, that's not in the last five years. Oh, 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 oh. That's not in the last five years because think about it. Joe, Joe Flacco was his quarterback. Ray Lewis was still playing. Yeah. And so this five years, we're talking pretty much where we're seeing right now with Lamar Jackson. And so Lamar Jackson, yes, in the success that they've had, but their playoff record is not very good. And so facts, you know what I mean. Their playoff record is not very good. Yep. And so, yep. who do you put in that? It, it's it's hard because it's the tiers don't really add up. Because now to me, it's just one tier, and that being Kyle Shanahan, and then the ones underneath him are all young coaches that have had little bit of success. Right. Meaning the Sean McDermott's. Um, you know, Cincinnati Bengals coach uh, who really hasn't had consistent success, but we could just say he went to the playoffs. Only reason I say Sean McDermott is because they've been winning with Josh Allen. His playoff record is pretty good. Uh, so we have a potential that it could get to that point. But Andy's, Andy's just by himself sitting on the beach with his feet up, drinking the coconut, and probably he's got some of these snacks. Uh, look at you! You're using you're using props. the food props. props. I love it. I made you say Trailer Swift, and you're using my food props. I love it. Uh, you know what's going to happen in the coaching realm now? I believe that what we're going to see is an influx of coaches now from college because they don't that are wanna, giving the opportunity to the NFL. They're just jumping to the NFL because they want to get the heck out of Dodge in college, especially the coaches of the mid-majors. You have the Boston College coach. Um, what's his name? It's uh, Halfley is the Boston College coach. He left the head coaching job at Boston College yeah. to become a defensive coordinator with the Green Bay Packers. Why? Because he thinks that defensive coordinator is better than head coach in, in the so-called mid-major? That's a basketball term. Well, he's... Mid-major. Oh, oh what, did you say basketball? Oh, oh yes. Mid-major. We've got him expanding his game, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, Armando can talk basketball. It okay. won't be a lot, but we just got a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, are you expecting co- college coaches 
to add to the talent pool in the NFL because NILs had just ruined their lives in in college. Well, you know, that's the gateway to the NFL. You have to be able to coach uh, college football no matter what level it is. I mean, if you have a winning winning university and you've been the head coach for over a decade, over maybe 15 years, maybe even less, but it's just been standoutish and you have the resume of coaching future NFL players, then you have that chance. Look at, look at the staff that Harbaugh brought with him. He's bringing his, some of his Michigan guys uh, to coach with him with the Chargers. The defensive coordinator for the, for the Baltimore Ravens, which is now the Seattle Seahawks head coach, was with Harbaugh at Michigan. And so the, that's the way that you have to go because that's in order for you to get to the NFL, you have to do it in co- on the college level. And these coaches understand they can't control these young kids with this NIL stuff that's going on. These kids are making more money than they will make in the NFL if they have the opportunity to play in the NFL. And they're making more money than some of these coaches are in in college. So you got you got coordinators, you got position coaches that are making 750,000, 500,000 and then he looks up and he's coaching a kid that's making 2 million dollars. That says a lot for for what they're standing for. So how can you tell a kid, "Hey, I need you to put your head right up on his chest, knock the ball out of his hand, but coach, it may hurt my neck. I need you to sell out for for your team." And he's like, Coach, I'm worth $3 million. Why would I do that? What does a coach think of then? How can I coach these kids and prepare them for the next level if they don't want to listen? So I understand exactly what he's done, and I understand the path that these college coaches are because if you get to the NFL and now you become a position coach, four, five, six years, you never know. A coordinator might get a head coaching job. Now you take over as a coordinator. You have success for two, three years you become a candidate for a head coaching spot in the NFL. It's the right way to go. You know what? Number one, um, it really is an honor to be sitting here next to you because all these people come up to you and dap you up and, and like, love you. And, they listen to our show. Uh, yes, and ignore me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's fine. That's all right. But that's okay. We just had Derek Brooks come over and just say hello. Armando was just, he knew he was a Floridian, I voted, so. I voted he, for him. See, you know. He doesn't care about me. That's all right. Armando had his mouth open when he seen Derek Brooks. He's like, another I'm Floridian. I'm glad he didn't intercept <sighs> us <laughs> or pick up one of my fumbles. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't holding it high and tight. Yeah, you, you wasn't like Tiki Barber right there. Ooh. <laughs> um, you know what's what's weird is. I read the other day that some college kid you were talking about NIL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He rolled up on campus in his brand new Lamborghini. That, but see <laughs> that you, that you said that Caleb Williams um, had an exotic car deal at Oklahoma. Spencer Rattler had an exotic car deal at Oklahoma. They get the chance to exchange their cars. I think every month or so, to drive a new exotic car. That's wrong. So, Caleb Williams transfers to USC, which we all know what probably that parking lot looks like. (laughs) Yeah. Drives up in a G-Wagon or or possibly a a Spider or one of these new cars. Yeah. I mean, I think at Ohio State, they had a few kids who who had the NIL opportunity in exotic cars. C.J. Stroud, I think, rode up in in one of those big-time cars. The list goes on. I mean... That's where the game is now, which I'm kind of mad because I missed out on it. I mean, I could have probably got like a Mazda 
you know, (laughs) (laughs) an Acura legend or something. I mean, I didn't really have anything when I was on campus. Yeah. Where was the NIL stuff there? I wanted a free sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, uh, uh, there's no NIL for journalism. (laughs) It's like the NIL is a swift kick in the ass and you're on your way. And you better be on scholarship, you loser. What do you mean? For journalists, you got chips. You got trail mix. You (laughs) You get those hard road sandwiches that they make that's been sitting there for like four hours. Yeah. Yeah, you get a, the, the swift <laughs> kick in the ass is what you get. Hey, so so speaking of college coaches, you have yes. Jim Harbaugh making the transition right. to to the NFL. And you saw his, his opening press conference where he promises what? Championships. <laughs> yeah. So he pulled the LeBron. He pulled the LeBron. Not one. Not two, not three, but for multiple. It's like, mm, okay, I get you trying to sell the fan base, and it got everybody excited, but can we get to the playoffs and win a playoff game first in, with the Chargers? I mean, no. it, it's been it's been since Natron means, and no, I, I'm sorry. Not even. It, well, no, they won playoff games with oh, yeah. Phillip Rivers and, yeah, and Ladanian Thompson. But and they went to an AFC championship yeah, against the New England Patriots. But yeah, let's get to the playoffs and, and establish ourselves with our young quarterback first. No, we're going to get to the general manager press conference two days later. And what's he going to do? He's going to talk about championships. <laughs> People, are you nuts? <laughs> Look, I, I've learned very few things throughout my long, long and not illustrious career in, in sports media. And one of the things that I've learned is you do not overpromise. Right. Because you raise expectations, and that leads to disaster if right. you don't meet expectations. And it's way better to keep expectations low and deliver high than to keep expectations high, because even if you meet high expectations, it's like, okay. Where are we going from there? Yeah, you, you did what you're supposed there? to do. That's fine. But the, but the whole thing I look at in a sense, and I understand, because a lot of coaches get into that when they get in the press conference. They talk about, um, you know, we're going we're gonna, to you know, be physical. We're going to play fast. We're going to play aggressive. We're going to get downhill. We're going to get sacks. You know, we're going to get turnovers. And it's, that's what the fans want to hear. They want to hear something different than what your favorite coach uh, with the Chargers, you know, used to show. We're not going for it on fourth down Brandon where Staley. we're supposed to punt it. Yeah. You know, so those are the things you got to say. Now, people want to hear again that last part. We want to win championships. And so when you say it, the fans want to hear it. But when you start digging into yeah, we're gonna win one and two and like, like okay, let's get to let's get to one first, and then we'll be able to establish there. But I understand, and I don't have a problem with it. Uh, I think what he has to do, and he's he's creating his staff now. He has a few college coaches that have followed him, and he's got some guys that have experience in the NFL. But what I want to see from the Chargers, I want to see you put your quarterback in the best position possible. That means keep Eckler, go get a power back. 
utilize your tight ends more, establish more of a methodical running passing game, play action, getting the ball downfield, because you have the weapons. You've got Keenan Allen, you've got Williams, you've got Palmer, those guys on the outside. You've got a young tight end. You have the running back that you have to pay. But on defense, I need to see their defense play well. Their defense has been not even average, below average to me oh, with the terrible. type of talent. Yeah. With the type of talent that they have. But I need that defense to play well. Now, I will say this, and I'll be one to say it first. If he gets his defense to play 75% of what we've seen in Baltimore, they go to the AFC Championship. That, like next year? Like this year? Well, they won't be able to change it to make it to what Baltimore is right now. Right. But if he can get the right pieces to change it around, a coordinator obviously making right decisions when it comes to fourth down. But if he can get that defense to fly around to be the best defensive team in the West, offensively they put up points and they'll have more opportunities. So Justin Herbert is going to be learning a new offense again, right? right? How's that to do? It's tough. It, it's Fair. tough. But I will say this, though, coming off of injury, from what we, if he kind of has the mentality like he had in San Francisco, like he had in Michigan, they're going to run the football at least 35, 40 times a game. So now we're talking play action game to protect your quarterback. So he's throwing the ball 25, 30 times a game. If he's a 21 of 30, 22 of 35, 355, 320. <laughs> I, we've already talked about the weapons he has on the outside. That's true. Now, That's if you're true. running the football, that means it's neutralizing your safeties and linebackers. Right. So now you put your corners on the island. And the only corners that I've seen in that division that can, that can really sustain the receivers are the Kansas City Chiefs. Yep. So now if we're blocking up front, and we're running the football, now all of a sudden I have more time. Now we're talking to three, because he's put up great numbers. Yeah, he he's passed for He's passed for almost 5,000 yards in, in all of his years of starting, correct? Yep. So now we're talking that plus you're adding 1,800, you know, maybe 2,000 if he has a good back of rushing attack with that? Fair. Okay. Now that's all good. Except that, as we mentioned in, in our open, aha! <laughs> Arsidio Hall! Yes! <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs are in that division. Yes, yes. And everything, I'm going to repeat it, everything goes through Kansas City. And I, I, I mean, God bless them. You're you're. You're promising multiple championships yes. when you have the current GOAT. It's like he's not the GOAT yes. because he's only been around since 2017. But he's like the little goatee. <laughs> it's like he's the tiny goat. Uh, of, of the <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the sound. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, how are you going to get past him multiple times and get past your guy, Andy Reid, multiple times to win a championship. I'm so glad you said that. Let me dig into my investigative uh, background. Okay. Yes, and the way that you keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline is running the football. That's true. Methodically, dink and dunk, intermediate passing game, take your shots when you can, 
Those chains are moving, and he's standing on the sideline watching. So that means, like we talked about, this just this year alone, what happened with the offense from Kansas City? Inconsistent, drop balls, not running the football effectively at times, three and outs, turnovers. I think this year Patrick Mahomes had, what, 15 interceptions or so? Yep. And so now with that, you're capitalizing on offense by running the football, play action game, boop, first down, boop, first down. Because I believe, I believe the Chargers beat them this year. Yeah, actually, you know, not this In year. In Kansas City. Yes, not this year, but like the last couple of years, the storyline has been it's not your division anymore, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you got this, this other kid in town, and he's gunning for the sheriff. And, and Patrick Mahomes didn't like that Mm-mm. story at Mm-mm. all. <laughs> but there was moments that, in, in fact, Justin Herbert outplayed Patrick right. Mahomes right. in the past couple of years. And so I get it. it it's possible. But, man, I know what the media is doing in Los Angeles. Right. They wrote down a hot championships. Correct. Correct. Championships. Correct. And now at the end of next year when there is no championship, they're going to say, well, if you're going to win championships, this is what you got to do. This is what you – three years from now you haven't won a championship, they're going to say, hey, he's not delivering on his promise. I don't think that they'll hold it, hold him to that because there's <laughs> – I mean – let, let's 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 really dive into coaches that have, have had their press conferences said they're going to win championships. I don't know. I mean, it's it's who has said it's that? the norm. Mike yeah. McCarthy. Mike McCarthy was talking How about getting to this. For him? He's still working. Still yeah, working. Because Jerry Jones not. Smart. I, I mean, he's still working. Yes. Yeah, um, you know, and and the list goes on of coaches, new coaches that have come in. Because I think the Seattle Seahawks coach. Uh, now it's talked about changing this thing around, getting back to the winning, you know, type Legion of vibe of around. Yeah, you know, getting back to championships, you know. And that's that's kind of what you say for the listeners. And their GMs and owners, they want to hear that too. They don't want you to get up there, we're going to protect the football, we're going to make sure we blitz, and we're going to be aggressive. And that's good, like if we're talking one-on-one. But we're talking to the masses. We're talking to the masses about getting getting there and establishing what we need to establish. So I'm not mad at them. I'm not mad at them. But but I will say this, and you talked about it. In a three-year span, what I want to see from them, I want to see progression. I want to see one playoff win. I want to see the next year possibly making it to the second round of the playoffs or to the AFC Championship. I want to see them win 12 games, 13 games. I want to see that progression more than just I want to see if they get to the Super Bowl. You know what we're going to do next is we're going to have one of the largest human beings on the planet. Oh, am I up? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, what he's talking about, we have Anthony Munoz coming up. And the thing that I like, Anthony Munoz, excuse me, Munoz, um, left tackle as a right-handed quarterback, you love to take care of our backside tackles, the meat hooks, make sure they're, they're, they're fed well. If their wives love wine, we make sure we deliver some wine to them uh, just so we can survive each and every Sunday. Watches? So, watch? Oh, oh, for Christmas? Yeah. Watches. Uh, I, I had a, a meat, like I had a meat company deliver a p- couple pounds of meat to each and every one of their houses. Uh, now the new thing is golf carts. Well, you never block for me, Armand. That's no, true. you never really block for That's me. True. So I take care of all my big guys. So yeah. we have. 
Anthony Munoz coming on to join us. Uh, look forward to that, that interview. Make sure you stay in tune in because he's going to give you something that you probably have never heard or never thought from Anthony Munoz. That's next. We are joined by Hall of Fame left tackle. And, you know, I love to take care of my meat hooks on the left tackle, my backside. Anthony Munoz. Oh, very good. Yeah, you see how I, yeah, I watch, watch Telemundo. You threw so that ingot out there. <laughs> so I know how to do it. But I'm so happy that you came on the show because now we can really talk football. You know, I'm sitting here with Armando and I just don't know sometimes. The nerd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, Anthony, when you watch the offensive line now, and backside tackles is still a major position when it comes to offense, are you pleased would you like to see them being more physical? You know, because now the game is is refereed a whole lot differently. Yeah. Always want to see it a little more physical. Yes. But I understand the rule changes. I understand. But let's, let's take it. I guess where I go a little nuts, third and one, shotgun, lineman in a two-point. Yes. Yes. I and mean, some of them can't get in the three. That, I mean, <laughs> three-point, change it up. Mm -hmm. Change it up, up and down, plays, depend getting a two-point, run the ball, getting a three-point pass. That's where I kind of, the game has changed a little bit. I mean, the quarterback's back here and the running back's here instead of being here, letting them go, hit the whole third and win all you need. That's why I love your old team. Mm. Yeah, physical. The push, man, yeah. on that first <laughs> But, uh, no, it's, um, there's certain things. I still love the game. I still watch the game. But there's certain little technical things, rule changes that, um, you know, it's funny because people say, do you think you could play? today love that question and you know what i say i said i'd love the challenge mm -hmm. i'd love to try and block those guys but let me ask you a question do you think the guys playing today could play with us with our rules mm. you know that just hit real hard right there that was some heavy stuff because i would have said the same thing and it goes for all sports armando really yeah. don't like to go into all sports but all sports <laughs> the game has changed where they've made it safer safer yep for the players when in actuality you're, you're safer when you're expecting them to go hard and you're yeah. prepared for them yeah. to go hard. Not for them to, uh, well, I can't go low because that's when a penalty. When you start thinking well, about injury, then you, you get hurt. Uh, injuries are part of sports. Yes. That's just, <laughs> but when you're going 100%, the risk, I believe, is lowered mm -hmm. because you're moving constantly from the snap to the whistle, man. You're going the whole way. So, therefore, you're not standing around people falling on you. Right. You know, and it's, uh, I guess, you know, to the game, and I love still watch. I love the matchups. I'm not one that just watches the O-line, D-line. If there's, you know, a great linebacker, I love watching him on the running or out in the perimeter. I love watching the corner. On, but the one statistic that just drives me nuts is balls batted down. Because <laughs> we, as offensive linemen, you can't do anything you, anymore. You can't. You can't. Before, and it was legal and it was safe. If they jumped... Rydell on the thigh board. I mean, you got that big thigh board there. Mm -hmm. The next time they jump, you fake it, and they go down. You don't have to hit them there. You just fake. Now, if they don't get in, these guys are long, man. They're tall, and they just, how can you throw through uh, that forest? Listen. You know? You preach it to the choir. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there listening just like, yep, I hate <laughs> so, it, better balls. Yeah. But it's still, um, you know, and another thing, as a former offensive lineman, I know there was times, what do you mean you're running the ball to the right? Run it to my side. No. You understand, Trent Williams 
okay with running the ball right because the way he cuts off the backside and more times than not, that's the most important block on the, that run. Mm -hmm. So I'm okay with running the ball to the right side because I know that Icky or JB are going to pull it back and they're going to run right by me as I have my butt on this guy cutting him off. So, you know, a lot of the intricacies that people might not, why don't they run left? Well, they're running right, but that ball's going to boom right behind the <laughs> left guard and left tackle. So you're mentioning yeah. physical football. Show the people. That camera right there. Punching. We used to punch. Tell, tell us how that happened. Well, that's uh, 13 years of trying to stop those big defensive ends. You know, guys like Bruce Smith and, you know, Clyde Simmons and uh, Sean Jones and, you know, Greg Townsend. Those guys are coming. And you're, everything's here, man. So, you know, a lot of these fingers aren't, you know, not like that one. But, you know, we, that's all we did. We punched on the run, punched on the pass. I mean, you in tight and you wanted that separation because – the better separation you have, that defensive lineman can't use your momentum to, to counter move you. Yeah, I got a little scratch here one time <laughs> from, from holding my pen. It really is painful. Look at it. Uh, so, so Anthony Munoz uh, is, is talked about as the standard for offensive line play. You have been called the greatest offensive lineman not of your day, of all time. What do you think of that? And would there be anybody in that company well, with you? You know, first of all, it's very humbling. That, I mean, that would be said. Quite honestly, being trans, I'm thrilled that my name is mentioned, you know, in the top 10. I mean, I look at guys <laughs> like Jonathan Ogden, Walter Jones, mm -hmm. you know, Tony Baselli, you got great, you know, Gary Zimmerman. You, I mean, guys, this is just guys I played with. Right. You know, and to be labeled that is just phenomenal because I guess I look at the journey, first of all, other than what my 13-year body of work. And, you know, there was people that didn't give me a chance to play in the league because a lot of people don't realize my four years at USC, I had three knee operations. Played one healthy season. Freshman year, operation, junior. My senior year, first, second time we had the football first game, I went down with my third knee, missed the entire season. Going to USC... I wanted to block for a Heisman. I wanted to win the Pac-10 or Pac-8, Pac-10. That's how long ago. And I wanted to, you know, play for a national championship team. Well, I was hurt every Rose Bowl. So going into my senior year, we'd been in two Rose Bowls, one national champ. I wanted to play in the Rose Bowl with guys I went into school with, Brad Buddy and Charles White. I was leaving Ronnie Lott, Marcus Allen, Dennis Smith, you know, Chip Banks. So I was determined. I rehabbed after that third knee operation. And I earned the job back. I played the entire Rose Bowl game. Surgery September, start practicing December after a major knee operation, played the entire game. Even after that, they said, oh, that's a great way to finish your career. How nice you got to play in one Rose Bowl in your four years. Now, time to choose something else to do. I said, nope, I'm going to keep busting it from January to draft, and maybe somebody takes a shot. Might be a free agent. <laughs> I just want a chance. Yeah, maybe somebody <laughs> takes a shot. Yeah. This is going to be a Hall of Famer, one of the best to ever do it. You know, I just want to get to a camp, see if I can compete on that level. Well, five minutes into the draft with the third pick in the draft, the Bengals draft, and I'm like, holy smokes. My wife and I were married two years prior to that. We're in this one-bedroom apartment. And if you want to see a, a six-foot-six, 300-pound lineman weep, hung up after time, and I just wept. I'm going to a camp, man. And of course, 13 years. And here we are. I get a chance to wear this ring. and So I'm very grateful. And to be mentioned, getting back to to have that mentioned about me, and it's just like I still pinch myself. Well-deserved. Well, thank and, you. He hurt me. Well-deserved. <laughs> <laughs> well but let me ask, ask you this, Anthony. And, you know, being a, a 
Cincinnati Bengal. I'm numbering, I'm sure numbers in the Raptors, names in, in, in on the Raptors. What's your mindset for them? Like, we've seen injuries with Joe Burrow consistently yeah. through his career. The interchange of offensive line, the struggles that they had blocking for Joe. What would you like to see them do and change yeah. to get back to form of getting back to the Super Bowl? I don't think they're far. I really don't believe they're far. Number one thing, keep Joe healthy. Mm -hmm. Keep him upright. Keep, if he can stay healthy, and, and I'd love to hear your opinion. To me, he's the real deal. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. Mentally, physically, what he does. Guys come in, free agents, have dinner with them. They say, I got to sign here. I got to play for this guy. Mm -hmm. So, and then the offensive line. I think we have the pieces there. They just need to be more consistent. Uh, and I, Gore, we have some weapons. I mean, yes. Oh, my goodness. If I, would, if I was the general man, here's my dream. If I was a general manager, I'd go out and find one of the best tight ends I could possibly get to sit there and occupy that center of the field and let Chase and hopefully Higgins is there and Boyd. I don't know if they'll be there, but at least Jamar Chase is going to be there. Uh, so, to me, in the defense, they have the pieces. I think mm -hmm. they have young secondary. They're going to be pretty good. Right. Linebackers, you know, pretty good. D-line. Yes. I think they underperformed last year, but I think they're capable of being pretty good. So I don't believe they're very far. I agree with you, and I'm so glad that you joined us. Join here with Anthony Munoz on the five spot. See, I've changed it up to, you know, making it a little bit more sexier. You know, with my backside tackles here, it's just like, you know, Anthony Munoz. What was, the, on the five spot. what was the best gift a quarterback ever got you? Because this, this man right here was I talking about. I told you what I got old lineman. No, no, but. So I want to know what he... So I had Boomer for yep. nine years. Yep. Don't yep. say Boomer was cheap. Oh, no, not cheap at all. He gave us great Christmas gifts. I mean, unbelievable. And he just didn't gift something. All, he thought about it. If you were did this, he'd get you a gift there if you did that. So he really was specific. My last year, I announced my retirement before the season. He always had old linemen to dinner at his house. And he had to be a veteran lineman, so there was only three of us then. After dinner, we're in his family room. He said, I've already taken care of the other two. Here's your gift throws me a box. I'm like, what's in here? I open up, there's keys in there. He goes, come on. They had moved his truck and put a, another Explorer lift kit. I mean, it was jacked up. He goes, come on, let's take a ride. So he jumps in, I jump in. I'm thinking he's giving me a couple month lease or something. On the dashboard it says, to the best ever, thanks for nine great years, Boomer. He gave me a lift kit, an Explorer, just totally maxed out. That was, he gave me that as a retirement gift. Well, I don't know if I can compete with that, but <laughs> we want to thank Anthony Munoz for joining yeah. us here at the Five Spot. I'm telling you, when it talks to the best to wait, ever do wait, it. Wait, 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 wait. Sorry. I got to ask him about one more thing. Hurry up. Can I? Yeah, hurry up. Can I? Armando, si, si puedes. I, okay. Wow. I like it. No, so this year we've looked all around the league. You work with athletes in action. We've looked all around the league. You've got guys like C.J. Stroud. You've got guys like... Uh, Coach Harbaugh, before a press conference, talking about uh, biblical scripture, C.J. Stroud thanking Jesus every interview he does. Lamar Jackson is out there as well. What do you think, Brock Purdy at this yeah. game, what do you think of men coming forward like that and showing their faith and not being afraid to do that? So first of all, I've had a 46-year relationship with what these guys are talking about, with Jesus. Sophomore at USC, that's when I came to Christ, 46 years. When you have something in your heart that's authentic, that's real, you're unapologetic about, you want, I talk technique. I love the technique. I want, a, I want young linemen to have this technique. I want people to see this relationship I have 
what they're talking about, what motivates me, what gives me purpose, what allows me to wake up every morning and go see how much money I can raise to impact these kids, to spend 46 years with this lovely lady here, Dee Dee, being a father. That's what makes my heart overjoy with, I mean, overflow with joy is that I see these men have that same thing. It's something that's real to them. They love it, gives them peace, gives them joy, and they want to share that. And so I have no problem. I love that. And that's what's happening Saturday morning. We get a chance to see Makeup Fitzpatrick from the Steelers receive the Bart Star Award. And I'm sure he'll share unapologetic about his faith. And Tony Dungy will be there, Mike Singletary at the, the Caesars. We've been doing it for 36 years. You look at the list of winners, Reggie White. Mm-hmm. You have, you know, a lot of guys, Steve Large and Mike Singletary, guys that weren't only great on the field, but were leaders in the community. Right. And to me, that's what it's all about. I mean, it's like in athletes in action. You're familiar with athletes. I've been involved with them for 44 years. They have a great tagline. It says, victory beyond competition. Think about that. Mm-hmm. We've competed. We compete in things, maybe now in business, but that victory we have in our relationship with Christ. That's what, to me, it's all about. And that's why I love, you know, even Brock Purdy or, you know, C.J. Stroud, who grew up in my neighborhood, to see him share this, and it's real in his life. I, I have no problem with that. Well, I mean, it, that's, that's hard to go, go after right there. We, again, we want to thank Anthony Munoz for joining us here at the Five Spot. We have a whole lot more to come uh, as the Five Spot continues on with Donovan McNabb and Armando Segaro.